Today's podcast is brought to you by Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I mean, I personally bought a... Uh, a case for my cell phone where I can now play old uh, Nintendo games like Mario and Excite Bike uh, on my phone to just add to the constant screens that I already do. It's killing me. But our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force of good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold this is eyewear built for the digital age and baxter blue is giving my listeners 10 percent off your next purchase of blue light sleep or kids glasses click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount this is the sign you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses we know you will love your baxters and we know that you will feel the difference Hello and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. All right, another hot episode fresh out of the podcast oven for you all. Today's episode is all killer, no filler, as we do a deep dive preview of the horror films coming up for Netflix in 2021 and review the latest film in the genre, Things Heard and Seen, starring Amanda Seyfried, James Norton, Stranger Things, Natalia Dyer, and many, many more. We will do that with the man of an infinite number of cool credits, Horror News Network contributor, Connecticut Horror Fest, and Connecticut Cult Classics curator, and a former member of bands like Hatebreed and Death Threat. Of course, I am talking about Scary Larry Dwyer. Larry is here today, and we will get to that conversation right after this. Hey, Field Hang 10, watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Butler, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't, but we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at desk in the recording booth. All right, happy to welcome back Larry Dwyer. You know, it's uh, it's halfway to horror. I, I uh, halfway to Halloween. I, I heard today, so this is actually perfect timing for us to speak. Usually, yep. uh, you get a couple times a year we talk to Larry about horror because he's the man when it comes to that. Connecticut Horror Fest, all the Connecticut cult classic stuff you got going on. Uh, you know, you are the man when it comes to that in in the state of Connecticut. So glad to have you back on, sir. Dude, I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. As always, it's always a good time on the Nomcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. The uh, you know the last time you were on, we did the kind of the the October breakdown, you know, of all you know three or four of the f- movies that oh. came out for Netflix. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a while. Um, and <laughs> but at least um, you know, I've I've always spoke up in the past about Netflix, where I don't think they really know what to do with the horror genre as a whole, like. They yeah. dip their toe in by getting a guy like Flanagan to do a couple films that works out. And then they'll, they'll take some chances on some horror films, but generally they kind of save that for October as like a, just a little like, Oh yeah, we're trying, you yeah. know, or something. They don't really do a lot during the year this year. We're going to do a preview a little later in the episode, but they got quite a few already yeah. on the books and then i can imagine that they'll probably have more as we get closer to october uh announced to go through there but that last year i thought they had a pretty good year with two major titles like the best netflix horror movies i think i've seen thus far 
Um, You know, for his house, we discussed that back in October, uh, an amazing film that ended up like getting nominations and I think wins for uh, BAFTA, like the British awards, because that is a British horror film uh, that went to Sundance. And then you, sir, you you out Netflix, the Netflix guy, like (laughs) after I think we spoke on on that October episode, you're like, yeah, I just watched the call. Have you guys seen the call? And I was like, no, I, I haven't. I don't even know what that is. And then boom, this, you know, South Korean, you know, horror, you know, kind of this, I don't know, what would you call it? this uh, time warp uh, is kind of, it, it's a very interesting, film, really interesting like, that you recommended highly. And I got to say, I watched it last night and I was pleasantly surprised and uh, borderline blown away it's one of the best horror films between that and his house that i've seen in the last few years you know a lot of movies that i get uh, are either obviously through horror news network you know somebody wants us to review it or, or, or something like that or word of mouth from a friend um this one i literally just stumbled on yeah. um i i just i was like oh this looks interesting and usually you know, at that time of the year, I don't stumble on anything because I got so much to watch. Um, I'm not even looking for anything, but I, 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 I stumbled upon it and I watched a trailer and was like, you know what? Korean horror for me really has such a, a deep, a deep history. And I have such a deep love for a lot of the titles that come out of Korea. I just gave it a shot and was, you know, I, it started out and I was like, this could be a little uh, I don't know. It reminded me. I'm like, the cell, like, what are they doing with this, this the phones? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know where it was going. But then once it picks up, it it picks up quick and doesn't stop hitting until the end. Really, it's just it's a mile a minute until right, right until the end of that film. Yeah, it does. It really takes off and it has multiple twists. That's maybe my one issue uh with the film is that i think it's maybe one too, too much. many <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was uh, crazy but, definitely crazy <laughs> but i would definitely say the ones that they do i i i was talking to myself where i was like i was doing that like uh you know st- yeah. stereotypical you know audience member in the theater going oh no 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 yeah. no don't do that yeah uh, uh, like i'm talking to myself yeah. i never do that during i found i found myself pausing it to like talk myself through what had just happened i'm like hold on hold on <laughs> we just did this and now this is happening yeah oh and i'm, and I'm like okay okay all right i'm ready all right but hit play like yeah. i had to like because so much you're right there was a ton of twists and i can see it being a little too much um you know they really push the boundary as far as twists and turns in that movie like yeah uh because it was just up until the very last minute yeah. Up until the very last minute, it was twists and turns. And like, holy shit, it's happening again. Just yeah. what I think. What 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 a Roddy Piper used to say? Just when you uh think you had the answers, I changed the questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much just like yeah. it was so crazy, man. It's such and it but it is even you know, even with all the twists and turns, it's it's really a hell of a movie. It's pretty damn scary. Um yeah. re- really edge of the edge of your seat type of movie. Yeah, definitely a lot of things I didn't see coming. Um, And, you know, like I say, it plays with time. You know, it's this cross connection between calling to the past and and trying to change the past. So you get kind of time loopy a little bit, but it's it's not that convoluted where you can't follow along. If anything, it's so easy to follow along that when the twists happen, they really hit hard. Yeah, Uh, And I know somebody maybe be (laughs) listening to this at home being like, Jesus, what? can you tell us anything about it? Um, pretty much no, no because no. if I tell you one, like there are major spoilers for that film that I wouldn't want to mess up for anybody. But I yeah. highly recommend the call. Uh, it's got amazing actors from movies like Burning, Hashtag Alive, which we talked about in that uh, October episode, or at least the one before that. You know, any of the preview stuff. You know, good movies that are are well represented, and uh, you know. I can't recommend it higher. You know, like I think his house is a little bit better because I think it's. Yeah, tighter, no, that's, that is a that's a much tighter. His, his house is a. It's terrifying. Listen, that that could have that could have been. And, you know, people 
talk crazy when it comes to horror movies and Oscars. That could have been recognized at the Oscars. That's how good a movie his house was. Like yeah. his house, because it wasn't it wasn't just a horror movie. There was I mean, well, no, that's not it was a horror movie, but not only in scares but also just in the situation yeah and what what it turned out had really happened with that family and it's just so horrifying and so brutal and sad and like god man his house was really a triumphant movie uh i'd say far and away listen netflix has done some i'd say more misses than hits but they've done some good They've had some good movies on there, but nothing like nothing like his house. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And speaking of hits or miss, we're going to review the latest uh, Netflix film that just came out over the weekend. It's doing very well. And I keep saying this every week. I don't think saying it's doing very well or on the Netflix top 10 is necessarily an endorsement. It's just like it's popular. People care. That's all it really means, because like things like Thunder Force, which I decided to skip from reviewing on this uh yeah that did well too it seemed like uh but it's terrible that so much so that we skipped the episode so um you know but it is doing well uh, yep. I, and and generally i think you know the the horror thrillers do well uh when netflix puts it out there I, even his house which you know doesn't have any stars in it you know i think yep. that did reasonably well for them and i i think that's why maybe this year they have a lot more on the books But the first one of the year for 2021, Things Heard and Seen, uh, which came out on uh, the end of April here. Amanda Seyfried, who's like right in the middle of the her her Oscar push. She was up for Best Supporting Actress for Mank uh, over, you know, uh, what was that just the week before? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were hoping to kind of ride that wave. I think this is definitely uh, let's put this out there because she's hot and right out in the market there. but this is, you know, kind of it's a weird it's another entry into one of those big city elites move to the big old house in the sticks movies. Hey, that but, big old house is always haunted, isn't it? Always. Yeah, always haunted. And, always and, haunted. and the only difference is whether it's like gently haunted or like full on, like you can't leave the house haunted. But right. This one, and, then, and then you've got the third topic where it's like, OK, it's haunted, but does it matter? No. <laughs> yeah, we'll see which one that lands in this Does one. It, yeah. uh, I feel like you're tipping a little, Larry, but um, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the uh, the synopsis for this one is an artist relocates to the Hudson Valley and begins to suspect that her marriage has a sinister darkness, one that rivals her new home's history. Like I said, you know, it's it's we were kind of saying it's this domestic thriller crossed with a mild ghost story trope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say it's a little, a little of a whodunit kind of, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, it, it's more of an unraveling and uncovering. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, without getting into deep yet, but I would say the, the domestic thriller part is way more compelling than the, any of the supernatural or spiritual elements of this film. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not getting the greatest scores right now. Uh, I looked early on in the weekend, even though, like I said, it's popular. It's like number, I think it was number three last I looked for uh, the Netflix top 10. Um, but, you know, current scores had it like a 5.3 on IMDb, a 50 meta score uh, and 36s on tomato meter and the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes. So not exactly killing it, Larry. So I'm curious uh, what you feel about this film now that you checked it out. All right. Listen, first of all, I, right at the opening credits, I had to call bullshit because <laughs> the, the opening credits are it's it's showing inside of a classroom and the old school projector, you know, the, the circular one that shows yeah. the small hand inserted slides is, uh, you know, zipping back and forth and showing projections on the screen and the whole projection was on the screen when do you ever see that like it's always hanging <laughs> off the side it's like this director never went to school right i'm like <laughs> you've never seen a projector because it's never completely on the screen well but, again <laughs> not, to, not to get too far of that but like it goes along with the rest of this movie where hey this movie is set in the 80s does it matter does it does it pertain anywhere in this folklore not that not i'm aware only of. does it not only does it matter but how so? Because you haven't shown me anything that 
shows me if you're telling me that this movie is in the 80s i'm expecting other than the cars okay granted i saw that the cars were from the 80s but right i did not feel like i was in an 80s film i felt like i was in a modern movie yeah the i look, really did the there look no- should have changed the yeah. elements of of life uh you know i feel like people people were talking go- like they talk now like there was no right nothing it was there was nothing that screamed 80s to me and that said then then why like right. why why did you set it in the 80s yeah larry wants to hear the word bitchin used at least a something few times. gag me <laughs> bitchin totally tubular like I wanna, exactly <laughs> you know i'm sure they got things. that in upper new york or wherever the fuck they were <laughs> exactly listen <laughs> shout shout outs they, they mentioned connecticut i guess they were from connecticut uh, oh so. no no the best part larry I, I did put that in my notes that yeah uh, the the husband who's kind of the heavy the asshole in the film of yeah. course he's from Connecticut and well, of yeah. course he's a rich douchebag from the coastline yeah. so yeah uh, thank goodness for that I'm absolutely not sitting here in coastal Connecticut just sitting there going of course you assholes yeah of all course right, you so, guys are from Connecticut all right so general impressions there sir um you know, it's just you mean about the film itself, like about what yeah, I felt yeah. about it. It's not very good. <laughs> um, it's for you know, for lack of a better word, the performances are very good. Actually, they've got some strong actors in this film. Um, you know, Amanda being one. Uh, I recognize the, her husband. I can't put my finger on it. And did was you see not- Mr. Jones? Or a yes. woman. Uh, yep. It's James Norton. He's in there. Yeah, he plays okay. George. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw the guy who was swinging from the helicopter in Scarface. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Karen Allen's always a gem. It's always great to see Karen Allen. It's a deep roster, man. Like Rhea Seahorn is in, yes. you know, Better Call Saul, and I think she's actually my favorite part of this film. She's good. Ever, dude. Everybody, what's her name uh, that plays Nancy on Stranger Things? Yeah, Natalia Dyer, yeah. Actually, I thought she was better in this than she is in Stranger Things because I don't think she's very good on that show, but I thought she was she was good in this. I think everybody had a good performance. Unfortunately, they weren't given much to work with. No, there's not, not at all. There's not much of a comprehensive story here um, and not much that happens matters in the no. grand in the grand scheme of things like um you know i'm gonna give up some plot points because who, who cares um <laughs> yeah this one is the opposite of the call yeah I really i'm not trying to yeah be like i'm just trying to help you because a lot yeah. of it's just almost infuriatingly vague it re- it's not only vague but it just doesn't matter like you know the husband's having the affair with uh nancy dyer from stranger things why yep. why and that again it goes it just goes away like it makes no sense. Um, yeah. Why is Amanda having sex with the coal boy? Like, again, makes no sense. Uh, yeah, it's just boredom. And yeah. That's not very compelling. The, what they make, they lead you to believe that this is a ghost story. But then the ghosts don't even really matter. I mean, they figure in later, but it's not, you know, they're scaring the daughter with the clown light and the electricity and the rocking chair. Yeah. But again, these things go away as well. Like, yeah. Uh, you're th- the daughter goes away. The daughter ends up not mattering at all oh, to the yeah, story. Totally. Yeah. She's yeah. Not, she, she's more of just it's funny because the, the film opens on a moment where the husband's running with the daughter in his mm-hmm. arms and you kind of feel like, oh, my God, what's going to happen here right. to, to force that? And it's largely it's useless. Like you said, yeah. a lot of stuff doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. it, the movie really doesn't know what to do with itself and like you said i i was also impressed with the cast because yeah. you know i even guys like i love a good character actor you mentioned f murray abraham yep. scarface yep. all that stuff to me he'll always be finding forrester because i'm at that weird age where it's That's like fine. you're yep. the man now dog uh, thing will <laughs> stick with my head uh but yeah cotter smith who always plays a complete asshole uh he's mm-hmm. from mine hunter or x2 or the americans whichever take your pick uh michael o'keefe who played the sheriff here he was very inconsequential the fact yeah. that him and karen allen are married and like they all know this stuff and they're just kind of ho-hum yep. about yeah. everything that's happening who gives a shit um right. you know and like you said karen allen right. the, a house, lot of people. the house supposedly has this rich history of murder that nobody gives a shit about and nobody really thought to tell amanda about until she'd already been there for months 
Yeah, and her little trip to the historical society with those got her nowhere. Bitties, got like, her nowhere. Yeah, there's got a, her nowhere. Oh, hey, hey, there's a picture, a picture of your house, <laughs> right? Yeah, but nothing else. Like they no. didn't say, oh yeah, you know, your house has a has a rich history. You know, there, there's there's been some some past. You should probably look this stuff up. Like nothing. I'm just like you guys are giving giving her. No, the movie. It seems like they had big ideas and they had like really good ideas of what to do but it really got confused along the way totally um yeah i you know and like i said there are good parts every performance is really good every performance uh, everybody's performance in the film is good um i think the cinematography is beautiful you know mm. you you can't you can't beat uh, a new i'll call it new england even though it's hudson valley new york this, sure. this is all new england fuck you like you know i don't get new york is in new england i don't care what they say that's how right. i feel yeah um that especially that part of new york you know it's a it's a crisp gorgeous autumn hudson valley slash new england scene and it's shot very well um it's just that the substance the story it's not there like nothing tied together and it was just a whole bunch of why like why is this happening i don't why are they doing this why are these characters making these choices right none of it really made sense and came together for me i will contend the the cinematography thing in just a little bit of it because mm -hmm. i agree with you the location scouting is yep. good like the the look of 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 the town and the settings are dead on great mm -hmm. Good. Except like we were talking about before, if this is in the eighties and, and you got to have a little bit of style to me, this, it didn't have really a style. This could have been uniquely darker. Like the, 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 the use of jump scares that you mentioned, the few that are in this film for, and, no, and reason. for no reason, because <laughs> yeah, there's someone in the house. Great. And, and I love how F Murray Abraham's character is just like, we all know everything about this. There's an yeah. author with a book of uh, that everybody's obsessed with about it. I feel like that part was very underserved. Like, because yeah. if you know more about what you know, the potential of what's in the house or why, like you said, between the history mm -hmm. of the town, the history of that house, and the actual uh, artist or or author or whatever that they were talking about a lot with the book that he was passing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should have been way better explained um, to actually get me to be even remotely involved in the story as it progresses, especially when you end the film on uh, basically uh, uh, the painting, the vision that uh, is you know used a lot in this in this film um, that they toss around. So that I. I, that's where I kind of lost you. I, and there's some like fisheye lens stuff. That's very out of place there. To me, that's where I was like the style of the cinematography at times gets yeah. either uh, they're playing above their head or they, yeah. they just didn't know why they were utilizing what they were using. So, right. Right. Yeah. I was referring mainly to the, to the landscape shots, sure. the, the, you know, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a New England guy. I'm a, sure. I'm, a I'm a sucker for orange leaves, you know, and, <laughs> <Yes>. and, <laughs> what do you, you know, that, that it always gets me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do, I do see what you're saying. There were some shots. The fisheye stuff was out of place. Um, the whole thing when she got, when her little protein shake got drugged and it kind of switched to like a almost uh, like black and white with blue overtones, shaky camera. Like, yeah, this is just, this, this is, this is poorly done. Like it's poor. That was another, that was another plot point, her bulimia. Like, you know, uh, I was just like, why? Like, I don't understand yeah. why this is a, you know, I just thought of Heather's grow up, he grow up Heather. Bulimia <laughs> is so 87. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is, I don't understand. And I guess they were trying to use that. So he could say that her not eating is making her crazy, but I'm, I don't, yourself throw up i'm like none of this makes any sense it has nothing to do with the story uh, yeah which well, i actually maybe it does and i just don't know what the story is maybe it's my fault i don't know yeah i mean I, this, I couldn't piece it together this movie is based on a novel all things cease to appear um to me i almost want to be like yeah you know it would have been a better adaptation the yellow wallpaper which you could have at least like where they try to make the insanity of this isolation out in the sticks you know scary big house you know the, this oh it's been done successfully in the past yes it just wasn't done here it just <laughs> it wasn't done here yeah and exactly. you can do that you can revisit the same tropes you can revisit the same that's fine 
Sure. You know, how many haunted house movies are there? You know? Oh yeah, of course. But plenty of them work. Right. You know what I mean? How many, how many uh, bad father movies are there, are there out there? Plenty of them work. Yeah. And you can, and plenty of them, you can tie in different plot points and different, you know, overarching themes, but this didn't tie them in. I'm just like, I found my, you know what I found myself doing text messaging. Like yeah. I'm just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, messaging my friend, Sean, who had already seen it. And I'm just like, dude, he's like, yeah, just a whole lot of face palm. Right. I'm like, yeah, totally. Like uh-huh. <laughs> this is just, it's, it's really, it's really going nowhere. It had no teeth. It yeah. didn't, there was at no point where I was pulled in. Like I like to get lost in a movie like, sure. And you know, a movie like his house, I got lost in. Yeah, you know, I can get lost another in... scary uh, house situation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which had overarching themes that weren't. It wasn't really about the house, and no. you know, you can do that, and you can tie it all together and, and make it have teeth. This was just, it was not a compelling story. It wasn't put together well. Um, the acting was good. Some of the cinemat- cinematography was good, but it was just really, really a muddled mess of a of a film. I yeah, can see, I, I can see why it's getting 5.3s or whatever it's getting. Yeah, because it's very mediocre and, and you know, sometimes and it's a shame a, a, a with this cast. Of, it's a shame. Yeah, I, I honest, I said many times, I was like, why is this person doing this movie? There was a, a lot of that going around. I and, wonder, I wonder if it was a much more solid script and it got than, gutted than it was a movie, you know, then uh, because that's listen, there's stories of that. It happened to a friend of mine. Uh, there's a movie called Contracted. I don't know if you've seen, which is no, fucking, it's a phenomenal um, body horror film um, about a girl who uh, gets date raped, which is, you know, always an uncomfortable yeah, yeah, uh, film. And but she kind of turns zombie-ish and like all sorts of stuff happens to her. Mm. Well, they made a sequel, Contracted 2, and a friend of mine was the writer mm. and the movie was just not very good and i was just like oh i don't want to you know say anything and my buddy my buddy reached out to me he's like have you watched it i'm like yeah he's like well first let me apologize second let me send you the screenplay yeah and i read the screenplay and i'm like dude this is a much better movie he's like yeah he's like they just fucking butchered it dude and i guess that happens a lot so that you know possibly the script here that all these actors read that got them tied to this movie was a lot better than what actually got made that's only thing I can think of that makes sense of how they got a wonderful cast together to do what we saw on Netflix. Well, the team who made this film has them has themselves to blame here because it's written and directed by the same people. Uh, it's Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pochini, which I was actively trying. I was hoping that this movie was going to be good, a comeback for them because they made a, a, a really good Paul Giamatti film based on uh, the comic book artist uh, American Splendor. Have you seen no. American Splendor? That's a no. very good movie. And that was their first movie. And they haven't done anything really of note since like they did the nanny diaries, uh, a very weird career that they've had just trying to like keep working. But yeah, that was an indie darling with Paul Giamatti years ago and it was yep. very well done, but this this was not, and it, um, it sucks that this is not a comeback film for them. It's yeah, it's not. And listen, I give credit to anybody who makes a movie. It's not. Oh it's yeah, not, it's not an easy business. Um, you know, they're working, they're 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 doing it, but it just it didn't it didn't work it didn't work for me, and I don't think it's working for a lot of people on this one. No, I don't think so either. the The buzz on this was not very good. Um, but I'm hoping that we can drum up some buzz for the movies that they have coming up later on in the year. Uh, There's some ones that, you know, on this list that I'm really into, and I'm curious to see your opinion on those as well. Uh, After this break, we will preview those films for the rest of the horror slate for 2021. Stick around. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, we're back. And 
I, I got to say, I, I am impressed. We're going to talk about uh, six films that, you know, are coming up, which, like I said, last year, uh, Netflix didn't really have a horror until the end of, of the year last year. Um, or at least it was like these hidden gems, maybe that nobody saw until the end of the year. Because even the call was after the October stuff. It was like in December or something, wasn't it? I think so. And I can't remember if I saw it on Netflix or if I got. No, I think I saw it on Netflix. But yeah, yeah like, like I said, everything around that time of the year just blends together for me. Like, I don't well, remember. Same, that's Oscar push too. like all yeah, the end of true. the year films for me. So it kind of got lost on me. So when you said like, oh, this movie's awesome. I'm like, oh, really? I, yeah. I, I didn't even know to watch it. And it flew under the radar. I think um, I think Voices was around the same time on Netflix, too. The uh, it's actually it's a Spanish film spelled V.O.C.E.S. Um, hmm. That was a scary. That was pretty. That was another haunted house movie that worked. Did you end up um, checking out Bo Bo or whatever it was called? That Indian, I believe. I think. It's oh, Indian. no, I never did. OK, I never did. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple that I haven't yeah. checked out, but and you know, they had a couple last year, like we said, that were that were that were good. And every couple of years they have a few. I feel like they've had Apostle. They've had I liked Eli. A lot of people didn't. Um, I liked I, it. I liked it. It has some problems, but it definitely it keeps you hooked in. It for did. Sure. Yeah, it definitely has some problems. Uh, that twist at the end came to me out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, uh, I didn't figure <laughs> that out. And if you did, you're a genius. Yes, um, exactly. Cargo was on uh, Netflix. That was a good one. There, yeah, there was some, that yeah. is more of a zombie flick, right? Yep. Yep. But like, yeah. like a zombie. Uh, well, I guess apocalypse. every zombie. I guess every yeah. zombie film is an apocalyptic film, right? I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess by nature. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. They, so they they're, once in a while they hit. But it seems like you're about to talk about they have a lot, lot on the radar for this year. Yeah. So. And again, like you're saying, some of those films that we like, uh, one of them is The Ritual. And, and 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 we'll talk about in a sec from the producers of that film. So what we're going to do, we're going to kind of play a little like a versus a little matchup. So I want you, sir, with all your brilliant horror uh, mind. After I read these descriptions, which one would you choose to watch if you had to choose between the two? So like. The heavyweight class here, there's two big ones yep. that I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be intrigued by. The first one, which should be, I'm surprised they haven't put a release date out for this one because they originally put it out um, as having a mid-2021 release date. And they've started to kind of put out all the uh, uh, the summer uh, films. It just did a big sizzle reel for that. But this film is called There's Someone Inside Your House. It's, it's, ca it's on, catchy. It's catchy. Yeah. It's a little on the nose, but we'll, I'll allow it. Uh, it's based on the Stephanie Perkins novel of the same name. So, you know, they just yep. held it. That's fine. Um, and it's produced by Sean Levy, from, who is a super producer. He does Stranger Things, Shadow and Bone for Netflix. Uh, he does a lot. Uh, and James Wan, who a lot of people know, of course, from Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring, uh, the director-producer of those. Uh, this one's directed by Patrick Bryce, who did Creep and Creep 2, which I have. I, you made a little wince, so uh, uh, but I, I've been told that these are actually really good films. They get pretty they good have reviews. Fans. They have their yeah. fans. They yeah. definitely have their fans. It just didn't didn't work for me, but they right. have their fans, and I respect that. Um, you know, there's a lot of movies out there that have their fans that I don't like, and a lot that I really like that don't have their fans. All right. <laughs> And it's uh, it stars Sydney Park, who is from The Walking Dead and recently was uh, in Moxie for Netflix as well. Uh, the film is about uh, Makani Young, who has moved from Hawaii to a quiet small town, Nebraska town uh, to live with her grandmother and finish high school. But as the countdown to graduation begins, her classmates are stalked by a killer intent on exposing their darkest secrets to the entire town terrorizing victims while wearing a life-like mask of their own face with a mysterious past of her own makani and her friends must discover the killer's identity before they become victims themselves so that you know there's a lot you know it kind of smacks of a lot of like those 80s cult movies that i watched uh growing up so you know it feels it's a little in that vein so i'm curious to see what they do with that that's the first film yeah and it's rival here is called no one gets out alive again a little on the nose 
but I'll allow it. Uh, it's from the producers of The Ritual. We just brought that one up, which I thoroughly enjoyed that yeah. one. Um, that's more of a, a scary, you know, cultish thing in the woods, yep. uh, you know, which is uh, always great. Yeah. Um, an immigrant in search of the American dream who, after being forced to take a room in a boarding house, finds herself in a nightmare she can't escape based on the horror novel of the same name. So to me, that one, I, it's funny when I read the description, I was like, oh, they're really doubling down on the his house kind of theme where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the American dream getting out of a situation and then being, you know, forced right. into a place that is a nightmare beyond the nightmare potentially that they just came from. So, all right, Larry, we said the two movies. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Well, there's not really much there on the no one gets out alive uh, synopsis. Correct. And I suppose that's probably by choice. They're probably trying to keep it a little vague, um, which is cool. I get it. Um, the first one, you know, what? I'm going to tell you what bothers me about that. Okay. So girl moves to Nebraska to finish high school you know typical you've got some killers stalking all the high school students apparently um intent on exposing their darkest secrets who has dark secrets as a high schooler like what <laughs> <laughs> what what how many high school kids have dark secrets to expose well it's i i know what you did last summer type things uh you know where it's I, like does, you know. has everybody you know mistakenly killed a fisherman in, yes. in this movie <laughs> yes larry that's why we're in coastal connecticut that has already been established this is what we do we bury people in the in the wharf yeah anytime you hit somebody <laughs> you just roll them off the edge of the cliff that's it not a big deal um <laughs> i wonder if this no one gets out alive is is like a period piece it kind of sounds like it might be i think everything um, in a nebraska town is set in a yeah <laughs> it feels right? like a period piece i listen i'm i'm, Shout out to my I'm listeners in, in nebraska. And, and i don't know if it's just because there's less about it and it makes me curious but i think no one gets out alive sounds a little more intriguing to me all right yeah um, I, I really like the ritual uh so i i really like to see what um what those folks do uh do next um like I said, not a big fan of Creep and Creep 2, so I'm not impressed uh, that that he's in charge of it. Um, right. James Wan, respect, you know, much respect, but I'm not an insidious or conjuring fan per se. Mm. Um, so I'll go I'll go. No one gets out alive and uh, we'll see when they come out what I what I feel like. Yeah, I feel I'll, like I'll watch them both. I'll be there. I'll watch them. My bet for that one, because it's listed only as just it will be out by the end of 2021, is that that I'll probably be talking to you in October. Yeah, about that's probably no the one gets out alive for sure. That's probably their Halloween one. Plus, you know, I'm a I'm a big Doors fan. And uh, the first major uh, Jim Morrison biography was no one here gets out alive. So, oh. you know, that, that that makes me feel nice inside. Maybe, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's it. And plus, you get the New Haven connection there uh, yeah. with his troubles there. Yeah, it's all great. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, I, I, I'm with you. That that sounds good. I'm 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 also not the biggest into the the James Wan. You know, the first Saw I really like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. you know, the the Insidious and Conjuring, I'm a little little more on the fence. It's not my type of horror. They're good. Uh, so They're good for what they are. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I well worthy it. of the sequels and all that yep. stuff. Absolutely. The guy is a franchise machine. Yes, he is. Um, and should be respected for such. So, you know, I'm hoping it's good. Uh, like I said, I I, I want to watch Creep uh, before. I, I haven't checked those out. Um, but yeah, I think uh, based on the person who recommended to me, I'm sure it's really fucked up. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I will check that out. Um, you and I are both uh, two fathers of young kids uh, and we're all kids at heart, uh, you know, where I, I don't know if you grew up with any of these. I think we've talked and maybe not. But R.L. Stein, they have a big Fear Street trilogy before he did the Goosebumps series. He actually wrote something with a little more teeth. Um, you know, the the Fear Street trilogy, they're making three different films. They call it the uh, the uh, the Summer of Fears, what they put on their little uh, summer sizzle reel because oh. they have. They have this one there. They should have trailers for these coming up very soon. If they're going to release, they're releasing all three films over the summer, which is actually kind of impressive that they're saying this up. Uh, it's 
it's you know a small town shady side ohio it's it's like i said based on the rl stein books mm -hmm. they're they're doing it to where there's some kind of like underlying thing in the town because the first film they're kind of tentatively titling it fear street 1994 and then there's a, a fear street 1666 and a fear street 1978 oh, wow. so where basically, you know, and then uh, the second one, the 1978 one is uh, a campers and camp counselor thing where they face off uh, from one town with another. But they also like kind of uncover that there's a bigger thing and they have to they go even further back to 1666. To, it's all in the same town. And you're kind of seeing like something bad happen all the way back then that kind of is feeding the stuff that's happening now. So it's yeah, I'm I'm impressed that they have that kind of, you know, forethought and to put three movies out all at the same time. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool to me. Uh, Gillian Jacobs from Community, uh, you know, is in, I believe, all three. Sadie Sink from uh, Stranger Things is in it as mm -hmm. well. Um, and Fred Heiken, Heckinger, Heikinger. Sure, sure. Uh, he's he's going to be in. um um the woman in the window, I believe. So as a more prominent role, so this could be a real breakout for him. Cause that movie uh, comes out in a couple of weeks too. So that'll be interesting. Now were these kids books like the goosebumps or no, no. I, so I think like they, they're, they're young kid characters, but yep. the, I think they have a little bit more scare to them than goosebumps. do. Okay. But interesting, uh, you know, not full on like, crazy slasher or whatever right right so, right so somewhere in between i would so, say i don't maybe know maybe like uh, a maybe like a young adult type instead of a maybe correct. i don't interesting that's yeah that's interesting i didn't um like you mentioned before yeah somehow as a kid even though i was a horror fan the whole goosebumps thing passed me by i don't i don't know how i missed it right i don't i don't remember even hearing about it as a kid um unfortunately i'm sure i would have enjoyed them but uh, that that sounds like an interesting trilogy. I'm I'm sold. Yeah, I'll and apparently th they're really into that genre, that kind of young adult scare, because they are also doing another adaptation uh, called Night Books, based on uh, the books by J.A. White, um, which follows Alex, a boy obsessed with scary stories, who is imprisoned by an evil young witch in her contemporary New York City apartment. Um, and this has Kristen Ritter, I believe, as said witch. Um, so, you know, but mostly a young cast surrounding her with that based on the, the popular book series, more of like a fantasy horror thing mm -hmm. uh, going on. So which one would you prefer of those? Now, it's a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, it's a three on one. So it's a little bit, you know, tough. Plus you got the, the big name in RL Stein. That's, you know what? And that's, that's the draw. Like I, I know with RL Stein that, that, that that's quality. I mean, you know, the guy's had a career that's ridiculous when it comes to writing uh, scary stories. Yeah. So yeah, I'm an, I, I gotta go fear street trilogy. Yeah. I, I will too. I like, I like the vision. I like the fact that they're doing multiple ones with the same town and kind of this underlying issue and kind of drawing that out. It's pretty cool, especially, you know, if we if we have to potentially uh, wait for another Stranger Things until, mm -hmm. you know, the, the very end of this year or early 2022. So, uh, you know, if that, if that gets all pushed back because of pandemic delays and everything else and we can get these type of things, that'd be pretty cool. It kind of fills that need that kind of, you know, young adult like you were saying uh yeah. young adult scares so hopefully it, if they do it right i think both of these could serve pretty well especially like night books to me sounds almost like a little bit of are you afraid of the dark because i right. think part of the premise with that one is the the kid is being held by a witch but part of the distraction is that he tells her scary interesting stories to kind of keep her preoccupied to try to escape. Mm -hmm. It's the only way to like keep the witch's attention. So I yep. think it's going to be a lot of like layered short stories potentially. So it might feel almost anthology ish. Yeah. Um, you know, Which I, I, I love anthology. I do love anthologies. Yeah. Big, me too. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping uh, good things, but yeah, I agree with you. The Fear Street trilogy is probably going to be very dominating. 
that's coming out this summer. They haven't put the official release dates yet, but there's already footage uh, with their summer sizzle that just came out. And then Nightbooks is just listed as 2021. So that again, probably smells like an October release uh, if if it doesn't get delayed. So, and then, you know, because we we've talked a lot about uh, foreign entries uh, up to this point, and a lot of those end up being the better of you know some of the the Netflix you know horror films that they put out in the year. So there's two, one coming out quite soon uh, in just about three weeks. Uh, Ghost Lab is a Thai horror film about two doctors who, after witnessing a haunting in their hospital, becomes dangerously obsessed with obtaining scientific proof that ghosts exist. Now, that description could either land hokey or because it's Thai, um, it could be fucking crazy. Um, So um, uh, that's why I'm hoping for the the fact that it's an end of May release versus like pushback. I don't know. Uh, That kind of, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, If they thought it was probably the goods, maybe it gets pushed back further into the the scary season. Um, But it sounds intriguing enough to me. And then there's a second one here. It's kind of, it's a little bit of cheating with the foreign thing, but it's an English German horror thriller called Blood Red Sky. That's about a woman with a mysterious illness who is forced into into action when a group of terrorists attempt to hijack a transatlantic overnight flight in order to protect her son she will have to reveal a dark secret and unleash the inner monster she has fought to hide uh it stars graham mctavish from outlander and preacher and the hobbit trilogy and dominic purcell from prison break and dc's legends of tomorrow all right of those two larry which one you got oof that's a tough synopsis for Blood Red, Red Sky there. I think it's, again, one of those like purposely vague because it's going to be some kind of literal monster is my feeling if they're putting yeah. it in this kind of horror thriller. Because if you read some of the initial ones, they really lean on the thriller part. But then when you read like the deeper synopsis, a lot of places they make sure to mention that it's horror. So I think yeah. whatever comes out of this woman is going to be a sight. Like, yeah, like she's some kind of a werewolf or something. Yeah, she's a demon. Something. something. Yeah, Uh, sure, I guess. Um, If if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the same person who made Brightburn. Which, you know, I was actually a fan of. A lot of people didn't like. um, But I was like, you know, Killer Superman. How can you go wrong? Like, that's fucking great to me. (laughs) Yeah, I've read those comics and that worked on me, too. But maybe make that one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was uh, I, I wasn't I was kind of a fan of Brightburn. Um, I'm going to go Ghost Lab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because, you know, you're you're you hit it on the on the head there. Um, it can be really bad or really good or, you know, what's sometimes the best so bad that it's good. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know, sometimes you hope for those, you know, especially, you know, like a Lady Terminator, like or, uh, <laughs> you know, uh samurai cop just something that's so fucking bad that you're like yes this is the greatest movie and that sounds like this plot might might get there yeah um, sure you know and listen thai thailand has done some they've had some crazy movies uh uh was meat grinder um oh my god what a mess it, it's called meat grinder do I I need to, say it's inherent there oh, yeah, do i really need to even talk about it like yeah just what a disgusting movie um you know, so I'm I'm just gonna give the I'm gonna give Thailand a shot here. Let's let's see what they come up with with uh, Ghost Lab. Yeah, we we talked off air, man. Like I am s- slowly but surely in the last couple of years with doing this podcast, I am falling in love with South Asian, you know, or Southeast Asia, you know, horror, violent action, any of those things. So I'm not usually that into the ghost story angles mm-hmm. a lot of times because mm-hmm. it really depends on what the angle is why they're there like it's the whole story of course yep. but you know some people have been more inventive over the years i i, mean, I think uh, and i think the the asians have been more inventive over the years when it comes to the ghost story i agree um they're the ones who really you know it's i mean again you've got the conjuring and james wan stuff and you know those are good 
Um, and they are scary. I'll admit conjuring. I saw in the theater by myself and I got home at like midnight and turned the lights on. I was like, okay, you know, I'm creeped out. Um, but you know, Korea and Japan and, you know, um, they really, really hit it on the head most of the times when it comes to supernatural. Um, so what was the, there was one metamorphosis last year was a supernatural one that they, uh, I think that was, I can't remember if that was China or Korea, but they just do a really good job uh, yeah. usually when it comes to ghost stuff. So I'm, I'm rolling the dice and hoping that they either do a really good job like they normally do or they fuck it up so bad that it's amazing. Like, you know, yeah. that's, I'll take either. Yeah, I'll take either. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think as far as like if I'm going to take stabs in the dark, I think uh, leaning on on the tie part of that and plus a haunting in a hospital. I, I would imagine if it's more of like a straight up hospital, not like a sanitarium or some kind of mental hospital, then yeah. to me, that that sounds crazy. Yeah. You know, for me, we were talking off air, uh, like Time to Hunt, a movie that I absolutely loved last year. Uh, towards the end of that film, like part of the action, like that they they fight, you know, like like a gunfight and a cat and mouse thing in a hospital. I can imagine if that mixed with like ghosts and, and kind of playing that angle. Sign me up. Yeah, that sounds fun as hell. I'm there. I'm there for it if that's what it is. Absolutely. Well, like I said, a much better slate than they have in previous years. And we haven't even really I'm I would imagine that after their quote summer of fear stuff and some of this stuff will probably land in October. And I wouldn't be shocked knowing them, especially now that they have um a deal with Sony and some of these other houses that they might have another acquisition or 12 that mm-hmm. they'll do by the time we get to October and really kind of turn on the jets. Cause yeah. um, you know, yeah, it was hit or miss uh, with the last October. You have something great like his house mm-hmm. uh, or vampires uh, ver- uh, sorry. versus Brooklyn versus the Bronx. Yeah. 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 Bronx. yeah. Wrong yeah. Borough. I know I almost did vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Yonkers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever borough <laughs> they decide next year, it'll be long Island. Whatever. Yeah. We're going to, you know, Staten, you sure. can't fuck that place up anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to alienate everywhere. I was like going off on Nebraska. <laughs> now I'm going to go off on Staten Island. I'm just going to you know yeah. cancel Listen, myself out. In leave, large leave, leave, leave Shaolin out of this. Would you? Yes, that's true. <laughs> we'll go to strong Island where we got a wildin'. You know exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, but a lot to look forward to. I appreciate you combing through it with me, Larry, to kind of, no, no problem. you know, no problem. seeing the slants on some of these things. And like you said, can we get a fucking trailer for some of these things? Get us yeah. a little more excited. We got some more things coming through, but that that's Netflix's deal. They like to piecemeal these things, give you like three or four weeks tops to kind of like ingest something. But give me, you know. give me some trailers, man. Where's is no bird box two this year? What happened? I thought, no, I... no uh, well, they, I know that I the, heard, the I heard doing. talks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listeners to this podcast, now I think when we did uh, our State of the Union one and we listed kind of a certain amount of films, there is a Bird Box quote-unquote sequel. It's not a direct sequel because it's not Sandra Bullock and any of those people, mm-hmm. but what they're doing is kind of like a Walking Dead fear of the Walking Dead thing where it's like the same thing different. happened in a different area of the country uh, of the world, and yep. they I think it's Spanish. I think it's in Spain. So they're doing kind of like the, that crisis in another place and trying to connect the two in a way cool. so people yeah. fuck, some people hated that movie man there, that was uh, uh i am one of that them, was a, i'm not <laughs> i liked it i enjoyed yeah. that movie yeah uh, i uh you know it was funny um christine uh from horror news network she fucking hated it and i'm like we did like live not live but uh we did like video reviews of it and i'm just sitting here watching her talk about it i'm like i don't agree with anything you're saying like <laughs> like i really enjoyed this movie i thought uh i thought malkovich was incredible you know yes he was over the top when is Malkovich? he better be over the top that's what i'm watching john malkovich for right i want to see him screaming and swearing at people that's sure. all i want to see like yeah i, I don't know i i kind of uh I did. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Bird Box. And yeah. I, get, I get shit for it constantly. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to know my views, I won't belabor anything. Uh, obviously, I didn't quite enjoy it, but that was one of our first episodes uh, all the way back. You know, it's two years ago. Plus, is it now, already? So. Is it yeah, already? It was uh, December of 2018. Oh, my God. So I think so. Yeah. Long time ago now we that we started our podcast in December of 2018. So, you know, wow. that was like our third or fourth episode. So, wow. 
And, and it's still like in our top 20. A lot of people still go back and listen to that episode. It's a, de- it's still- a divisive film, man. People. Yeah. And you know what? It was huge. It's if people talk about it, you it's a winner. Like yeah. even if people hate it, people are talking about it. And that's that's really as a filmmaker, all you want people talking. Yeah, of course, you want them to love it, too. But sure. At the at the end of the day, if they're talking about it, it's getting press and people are going to watch it. That, that, that's it. Yeah, so man. I'm not surprised it's one of your I'm not surprised it's one of your top downloaded. I'm not surprised at all. Well, one of our other top downloaded was our October one from last year. So everybody loves to hear you talk about horror, Larry. So <laughs> I hope this one is also a smash uh, so we could talk about, you know, maybe, you know, a little better stuff down the line. Yeah. Obviously not uh, things heard and seen. I, but, I uh, think this know. I think this was the first one film based episode we did where you and I agreed. Yeah, because I liked I liked 1922 and in the tall grass. I don't think you liked either of those, did you? Uh, No, 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 I'm sorry. That's not true. We were kind of on the same page with 1922. Oh, okay, All right. For some reason, we definitely weren't. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't you didn't like you didn't enjoy that at all. And I I did. Um, I was I couldn't really remember 1922, but we're slowly getting there. We were on his house together, uh, you know cadaver yes. we were both kind of meh and then the polish one uh the oh, slasher film was awful oh um, that polish one man yeah. what a <laughs> it's so bad i've forgotten the name of it like i, I can't remember the whole either. thing out of my head so yeah yeah no, i can't no remember either <laughs> that was bad news but but glad we talked about it anyway it's always fun to talk about even the bad ones exactly so you sir obviously have your hand in multiple things you mentioned horror news network you mentioned we mentioned up top connecticut cult classics and connecticut horror fest you know obviously last year you know a lot of those things got you know kicked to the side unfortunately like a lot of things during the pandemic but you know in a post-vaccine world, we're looking a little more optimistic to, to try to get some of these back on. Uh, so what do you got coming up, uh, whether you want to point to people on the web for Horror News Network or whether you got, uh, you know, some live events coming up, which I know because I'm excited to try to check some of those out myself. Yeah, man. Um, horror, you know, HorrorNewsNetwork.net is always somewhere to go for for up-to-date horror news interviews reviews etc um but like you said man last year uh was the first year in seven years that uh, we could not have our annual connecticut horror fest um we had to pull the plug on it because of covid obviously um but this year you know with vaccinations in connecticut doing well um we are planning on our show september 18th at the naugatuck event center um, we've got a, a handful of guests already lined up. We've announced three of them. Um, Chris Durand, who played Michael Myers in uh, Halloween H2O. Uh, CJ Graham, who played Jason in Friday the 13th Part 6, uh, which is a fan favorite among for, for some god-awful reason. Ter- <laughs> terrible movie, but people love it. Um, and a big one people are really psyched about, uh, Matt Lilliard from uh, Scream and Scooby-Doo. Uh, you know, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo there. Oh, so he is coming this time. Didn't he uh, like cancel um, at one point last year? To meet him. Oh, yeah, he's coming. Awesome. He canceled. Did, did he cancel last year or did he cancel the year before? I lose track. Uh, yeah, I so forget many, whether it was the one that actually happened or not. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember either. But uh, but he signed up for this year. Um, awesome. Scream, uh, you know, Shaggy, Serial Mom, SLC Punk, you know, tons of stuff that he's been in. And, 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 and the awful 13 ghosts. The awful 13 ghosts. Yes, he was. <laughs> um, and we will be announcing more guests as we get closer. So you can check out uh, cthorror.com for that. And um, for Connecticut Cult Classics stuff. Yeah. Again, you know, we've been shut down for the past year, um, but things are things are ramping back up and. We're hoping to be back uh, at the Strand Theater in Seymour on June 19th with uh, the double feature that we were supposed to have last year. Uh, two David Cronenberg greats, uh, Scanners and The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Awesome. Yep. And, and you're doing, uh, I don't know if it's a partnership one, but you're doing some drive-in stuff as well with the aliens. Uh, yeah. Um, City of Ansonia um, reached out to me. They bought a 45 foot screen last year and um, asked me to do a couple of uh, drive-ins with them last year. And we did a local film called 10 minutes to midnight, as well as the uh, 
the Canadian Stephen Dorff great film, The Gate, uh, <laughs> which is uh, honestly one of my favorite movies of all time. Just a just a classic PG uh, horror film, uh, mm-hmm. The Gate. Uh, so this year they started them up again uh, and they asked me to do two. They gave me two dates to do uh, two weeks in a row. Um, so I took what I a, a couple movies that I always wanted to do as a double feature, but they're just too long to do as a double feature at the strand. Right. So they're perfect to break up and do two weeks in a row at the drive in. We're going to do Alien and the sequel Aliens. Uh, both of those sold out in a day. Um, so those tickets are gone. But uh, they've told me that they will have me do some other drive ins uh, over the summer. So I got some ideas. So keep the eyes peeled at uh, Connecticut Cult Classics.com for that. Excellent, sir. Great ideas. You're always, you know, pulling out these amazing events. So I look forward to all of it. And hopefully, like you said, I I will be, you know, not to be controversial or anything in these weird (laughs) times, but I will be fully vaxxed this week. So I am looking forward to, uh, you know, it's going to be the summer of love, the summer of freak, you know, or this whole rest of the year. People are just going to lose their minds doing anything they can because they can. Right. We've been trapped inside for so long. So I know I know I'm I'm fully vaccinated now and I'm still like it's it's going to I'll tell you, dude, it's still it's still weird, though. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like to take my mask off around some like I was with somebody the other day and I, I know he's fully vaccinated and I'm like I guess we can take these off <laughs> yep. and have a conversation right like uh, it's strange man it's just, it's a strange thing we've all uh, we've all lived through and I just hope we're on the other side of it. I hope so too, man. Cause these live events, stuff like this or, or the comic cons that are here yep. in Connecticut that I miss. And, and it's a great way to interact with, you know, fans and people, a like-minded people like you and I, uh, that we can enjoy these things together. So hopefully we get to do that, uh, towards the, you know, in the next month or, or yeah. a few months here. So that'll be awesome. Uh, and it's great having you back on Larry. We'll, we'll have to do this again soon. I appreciate it, Andrew. Thanks for having me. 